All right, welcome back to the Don't Start a Business podcast where we hate bad businesses, but we love good businesses. So today we're actually going to be launching a mini series with both Odie and I are really excited about. So we're going to go in depth into that concept of good businesses, talk how do you start your business the right way. We're going to bust a lot of big uh, myths, like if you need a big social media following, if you need a really detailed business plan, if you need formal training, we'll talk about how you get an idea for a business and and a ton more. So I think both Odie and I are pretty, uh, pretty excited about this concept. I don't know how you feeling about it, Odie. Super excited. We're going to talk about how to actually start a business, which is ironic considering the title of this podcast is Don't Start a Business, but we mean don't start a bad business. Let's make a good business. I want everyone to just start to become a producer rather than a consumer. Most people just consume every day. I want people to create and build useful things for society and for their next fellow man and woman. So yeah, let's let's kick it off. So kicking off with our theme of like, don't start a bad business. I think let's talk like mistakes. What do people do? We see a lot of people starting businesses. They're students of ours or just people on YouTube. What are mistakes are they making? Yeah, great question and great topic to start off with. You know, we've had the pleasure to work with not only thousands of students, but also just get to interact with literally hundreds of thousands of people through our social media platforms like the YouTube comments, which is such a great, you know, section um, sometimes. Uh, but basically, you know, every day we get messages, we get emails, you know, we get comments. And I see the same mistakes all the time. So what are those mistakes? First off, it's instant gratification. I mean, we live in a society where everything you want is available through the press of a button on your phone, through an app, through a website. You literally click a few things, swipe your credit card, and boom, it arrives in your door uh, in like two hours or less. So it's even like a Tesla. Oh, <laughs> yeah, even a Tesla, which I bought through my phone, the whole process through my phone, which I've never done before. You know what I mean? Like I've never, I've purchased a few cars, you know, and each car, I had to go into a dealership, had to sign a bunch of paperwork, had to go back and forth, had to like go to the bank, this and that. With Tesla, I did it all through my iPhone, and it took about four days for the car to get delivered. And yeah, we're really living in 2020. So instant gratification is the antithesis of business because business at the end of the day, you're trying to build something long-term and sustainable, right? You're trying to build something that's not just going to pay you uh, pay off like let's say this month and next month but it's going to pay off for hopefully you know the next five or ten years if not more so the problem is people are used to getting things instantly and easily business is the exact opposite you're not going to get anything easy or quickly it's going to take time nothing happens overnight now the next mistake is overthinking and i suffer from this a lot especially when i was a beginner but even day to day today i still have a daily battle with overthinking you know for people who have that mindset where everything needs to be perfect and you're a perfectionist and you're holding off on launching something until it's absolutely you know a hundred percent the way you want it Listen, at the end of the day, when you launch it and you don't have, let's say, an audience or a pre-sale list or people who are, you know, they've already subscribed to purchase the product, then what's going to happen is you're going to launch it. And even if it's perfect, no one's going to see it. It's going to be crickets. And so when you overthink things, um, you know, the problem is you really just are delaying, you know, what really needs to happen. And it's, it just never helps you. It's better to honestly make 80% of a product and have it not be perfect and release it than to 
wait till it's 100% and basically never release the product because let's be honest, it's never going to be perfect. Uh, and then the last thing, or I guess the third thing or mistake I see is people thinking that the market gives a damn about what you want. And if you want to make $10,000 a month and if you want to get a bunch of sales and you want everything without having to make a website, without having to have any skills, then I got some bad news for you. The market doesn't give a shit about how many hours you worked today or this week. They don't. If you worked 100 hours, you've been grinding and you've been doing all this and getting no sales, well, it's because the market doesn't really care how many hours that you put in. They only care about the value you give. Now, on the flip side, if it only took you one hour a week to give massive value to people, let's say you make an email that's actually, you know, it compiles a bunch of research and it shares this research every single week, once a week, let's say on Sundays. And that research is in a very, let's say, big market where, um, you know, your research and what you share, whether it's statistics, trends, patterns, actually has, you know, a lot of money involved and can make people money or save people money, then that's very valuable. And even if you work one hour a week, it doesn't matter because the market doesn't see that. They don't watch you work. So those are the three big ones off the top of my head. I, I Going back to that overthinking, I think, and sort of I think it ties those last two together, is when you spend all the time overthinking and trying to make the product perfect, you're basing that on like your own data or what mm. you think. You're not mm. getting to get any data based on what potential customers like think, like what features they might like or anything like that. You're operating in this bubble, which is not where your business is going to live. That's an awesome point. Yeah, um, you want to be able to release things that people actually use. So you can iterate and improve them based on customer feedback, who's actually going to be paying your bills, not not in your head of like, oh, I need this feature, that feature. Let the customer tell you what they want and then go build that. Simple as that. Yeah, I think that's that's great. I think the other thing, the last thing I want to add uh, is just that uh, people also, you can't get so wrapped up in your idea. Like you have to know, like you'll have lots of ideas for businesses. So take one, mm. run with it, see what you can do with it. But don't be like, you know, if it doesn't work, you know, that's fine. You move on to the next one. You don't have to try and just hold out just for the perfect, perfect time. You get started, you learn, and whatever you learn from one business, you can easily apply to the next one. Yeah, don't get too attached. Don't fall in love too much with the ideas uh, until, you know, they, they start to pay off. Because at the end of the day, you know, again, the market doesn't care what you want or, or like. They, they care about what's useful for them. As simple as that. Yeah. And I think going off of that, what's if, if those are sort of the mistakes people make, what's what's the right way to build a business? Like is there isn't business something where like, hey man, there's no right way, we all live our truth, or is there a right way? And if so, what is it? Yeah, first off, you know, there is no singular right way, like one path. Obviously, there are so many different ways um, to go about things and a lot of ways work. You know, a lot of different business models work. It's not just affiliate marketing. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that work, such as e-commerce. Some people, you know, they like to invest in stocks and real estate. Uh, I mean, there's so many ways to become wealthy or to be successful in the traditional sense. But overall, each any way that you go about it, it's going to share some common themes. So the first thing is you solve a pain. Simple as that. Your if your business doesn't solve a pain, you don't have a business, right? Like if your business sets out there to, you know, help people, uh, you know, solve whether it's a physical pain, whether it's a financial pain, whether it's a mental pain, 
um, you know, it's going to have value. That's kind of the most simple way to put it. And if you have something of value, people will pay money for it. There you go. Now, the next right way sort of uh, tenant that we, you know, like to focus on is customer first. And, you know, I think the most famous example is probably uh, Jeff Bezos of Amazon and, you know, his customer obsessed approach. If any of you have read The Everything Store, which is a book that details the the rise of Amazon, um, basically, you know, Jeff Bezos and his company, they focus on customer obsessed. How can we do things that delight the customer? So what is delightful is ordering something on Amazon Prime and getting it nowadays within the same day. That is very delightful. All I have to do is press a couple buttons, sometimes one click on my phone, and I get it delivered to my door. That's wonderful. You know, that's delightful. So Customer first. What would a customer want? It's not about what you want. You know, you want sales. You want ten thousand a month. You want this and that. You want a Ferrari. No one gives a shit. You know, they care about what you have to offer them. What's in it for me? That's the most simple way to think about things. And yeah, sure, it seems selfish, but hey, if you're willing to be a generous person, it's gonna pay back. And when you get paid for the value you give, then you know it's it's a very fair exchange. And the last, you know, sort of. Thing to focus on in building a business the right way is long term always. Now, again, this is another thing that Jeff Bezos, you know, kind of uh, uh, said in the Everything Store or, you know, when he's being interviewed is to always think about what is the right move today or the right action that you're going to take that's going to pay off, let's say, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road. What is the ultimate goal in the future? And what can we do today, even if it costs us money and profit, in order for us to grow today, reinvest into the business today, so we can profit much more in the long run, which is why Amazon did. They were very, they were unprofitable for the longest time, not because they couldn't be make a profit. They were making uh, significant revenue. They were just reinvesting all of it back into Amazon to grow it even more. And today, they're they're absolutely profiting every single year. So, yeah. and I think when mm-hmm. you look at that long term, you also like if you're looking short term and just trying to make sales, you lose so much because then you're going to keep making decisions that compromise the ethics of your company or just like mm-hmm. how much value you actually can create because you just now want to get people to sign up for X, Y, or Z, like affiliate marketing. If, if we just want to get them to sign up for a crappy affiliate product, well, that's going to hurt us in the long run rather than taking the time, doing the research and finding the right products to sell to people. Agreed. Yep. So... Going off that too, kind of getting more more personal, now that you've done, you've started a ton of different businesses, what is sort of something you do now if you're going to start a business that maybe, you, you know, that's different than from what you were when you were a beginner starting out your first business? Yep. A lot of things have changed. Again, as a beginner, didn't really think about, you know, too much about market research. I did zero, actually. Uh, so I thought nothing of market research, which is fine in the beginning because, you know, I always say with affiliate marketing specifically, it's such a low resource business model. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not your own company or your own products or services that you're selling. And if all you need is a website to get into the game and for less than $100, yeah. like this is one of the most lowest resource intensive businesses you can start. And the fact that I was able to take those businesses from zero to over seven figures is that like that ROI is insane. And it's just, 
I lo- this is why I love affiliate marketing. Um, but you know, just again, uh, give a real example. We recently launched um, our newest sort of just passion project called Dalla.co, um, and it's to help people save money on cars. Like it's something I'm passionate about, and it's something that I really believe in. And I have so much you know years of experience that I've been dying to just share with people, but I'd never found a an outlet until we uh, made Dalla. So the thing is, today when I start something. I do market research. Um, I do look at the numbers. I, you know, I, I consult with a variety of uh, software tools to get some real data on, hey, how big is this market? Um, you know, how many people have this pain or share this pain? How much would they be willing to pay to, you know, uh, relieve that pain? So I do things like that. I, I, I do a lot of data uh, analysis and data-driven decisions nowadays. Before it was no data. It was all feel. It was all intuition and gut. Uh, instinct and it worked and to be honest it still can work and it it definitely does you know if you're passionate about something like headphones there's a lot of people out there who are buying headphones that's a multi-billion dollar market and yes you can still make that profitable if you really give it your all and you make awesome content and you really give value to help people choose the right headphones i mean that's what i did with recordingnow.com so you know there's many ways to go about it but if i was to start a business today, you know, I would do some market research, but again, you guys have to realize that where I'm at and where a beginner is at, a beginner, I just recommend you go with something you're obsessed with so that it's fun for you and that you can at least like be motivated to, to get up and write that blog post or film that video, right? Um, it's hard to do that in a market that you're not, you know, exactly an expert in, or you're not, you know, knowledgeable of, you may not even know the right terminology of what to say on a video or in a blog post. So, you know, when you're starting out, learn the fundamentals, uh, learn the ropes of how do I build a website? How do I make great content? How do I sell? How do I do email copywriting, right? How do I, how do I do any of those things? Whereas now I know those things. So I move a lot faster and it comes, it starts with market research. Okay. Is that an idea worth going after? And then after that, you know, because of all the experience I built up building all those websites, I can build an MVP so much quicker than I could back then. Before, it may have taken me a month to, you know, just get a preliminary website. Nowadays, I do that in half a day, easy. So, you know, that's the difference is I move a lot faster because of skills that I earned back when I was a beginner through all these years. And then I also do a lot more data-driven uh, analysis of like, okay, is this idea worth it by looking at hard numbers? And I think some way that a beginner, like a market researcher would help a beginner, isn't that like, hey, try and find the best market. I do think like, like what he said, like go with something you're interested in. But then once whatever you're interested in, go look up other sites in that niche. And then you might get some like tips. You might be like, oh, okay, mm. that's a good content to write about. That's a, that's a interesting thing. Or I kind of like that layout. I'm going to make a layout similar to that with bits from that. Like that's a great way to do do market research um, as a as a beginner. Modeling, yeah, that's that's such a great point because a lot of people they go into something and you come on, let's be honest, most ideas are not truly innovative. So you have competitors, and if you have competitors, go check out their website, see how they do things. You might learn a thing or two. Um, obviously, don't copy them, but if you see something that seems to be working or you see something you like on their website, then you can borrow from it and you can learn from it and put your own spin on it. Um, but 
a beginner, they never do market research and they never look up competitors. Everyone thinks yeah. their idea is the first thing ever and it's the greatest <laughs> thing since sliced bread until you do a Google search to realize there's already 10 companies doing the exact same thing you thought was totally novel. So I, I, I guess a really big point is when I was a beginner, I was rather ignorant. I didn't do any market research, um, which may have been in my favor because if I did the market research and saw how many people were uh, reviewing headphones, I probably may not have gone into it because I'd be like wow there's so much competition um so it's good to be like blissfully ignorant to a degree but then once you're in the game and you're seasoned you have to face the truth the truth is you have competitors you have competition where are their numbers how much traffic do they get per month you know how much of the market share do they own today and how can you penetrate the market and how can you find your leverage to break into that and then try and get a piece of the pie? So obviously that means being honest with your numbers, being honest with their numbers, being honest you have competitors. Like it's just being, you know, completely uh, open to the idea that, hey, maybe my idea isn't, maybe I'm not the first person in the world to come up with this, but hey, I think I'm the best person to execute on this idea and to improve upon the current market. Yeah, I think, and then I think going off of that, like, is it still worth it for people to start a business, you know, starting from zero? Like, are they going to hear this and be like, man, I can never learn uh, those skills. Like, there's so many people out there. Is it still worth it for, for people to, to bother starting a business? See, yeah, that's the problem when, you know, uh, when we talk about like doing things like market research, the problem is the overthinkers, and I'm, I'm part of team overthinker, you know, I'll look up all these competitors and say, oh, wow, like I can't compete with these guys. These are, we got, you know, so many big brands, like, you know, these guys are huge billion dollar companies. There's no way I can get a piece of the pie. You know, I'm just not ready. I'm not, I don't have enough people. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough skills. <clears throat> so that's the problem. Again, that's why like everything, you know, you, you got to sort of like balance things out and understand uh, when you're a beginner, it's different than when you're someone who's seasoned and experienced. When you're a beginner, again, I think it's okay to be a little blissfully ignorant to a degree. Don't be completely like blind to like, oh, I have no competitors. Like I'm just <laughs> by myself. Like I'm a, you know, it, I'm the only person in this market. Like don't, don't be that ignorant. But at the same time, like you need to be able to just assess the the landscape and then be like okay with that taken into consideration i'm going to pursue this and you know i know now what the landscape looks like and then now i know that i have to start small i have to start from a very specific sub niche of my niche so that i can really get a super targeted uh customer so an example is like forums you know if you had two forums to choose from, let's say one is a car forum and then the other one is a BMW forum, you know, if you're someone who owns, let's say, a BMW, a three series, you're going to gravitate towards the BMW forum, you know, just because push comes to shove, you know, a, a general car forum is not going to be tailored to your needs and to your wants as much as a BMW three series forum that literally talks about your car, your model, it connects owners of the same model in a forum. And you guys are, you know, sharing tips and advice. What are some common issues to look out for? Go super duper specific as a beginner um, so that you can really attract like a super targeted customer and then you can expand and then you can get more general and go from BMW 3 Series to BMW 5 Series or BMW sedans and then BMW, you know, SUVs. And then before you know, it's BMW everything, you know, and then maybe after that, maybe it's all German auto manufacturers. So include 
Audi, Mercedes, and that's how you expand. You don't start off the gates and you look at these competitors who have so many, you know, they have so much content, they have so many followers, so many email subscribers, and then you don't just try and, you know, uh, copy them in terms of having as much content and having, you know, all the same features, because if you're a one man show or one woman, you know, army, then, you know, you have to start small. You have no choice. You have limited resources. So be clever about how you're deploying those resources, whether it's your time, energy, or money, um, whether it's, you know, outsourcing, be clever about the way you're playing with those resources. Like this was a game like, like Sims or civilization. (laughs) Right. And then just be, try and be smart about how you're doing this. And then, uh, you know, that's, it's resource management. It's just, it's, it's kind of a game, you know, at the end of the day. And then I also think like for beginners, like realizing that wins come not just in sales, but also like the skills you build, like for athletes, like Tom Brady didn't win anything, like get sales at Michigan really, but he built up skills. He learned things that allowed him to then win later on. So if your first business, like, and that's what Odie was saying about like, do something that you love because then you can, you probably already know way more than most people do on that subject. You can Mm -hmm. build up the skills. And if you learn those skills, just like you would invest in a college class, well, now you have those skills to really go out. You probably will make some sales from it, and then you can slowly start expanding. Yeah, beginners, one of their biggest mistakes is they think of things like, oh, I spent X amount of dollars on Facebook ads. I got zero sales. Therefore, it was a waste. You collected data. You know, when you're buying mm-hmm. Facebook ads, you're buying data of what doesn't work if you're not getting sales or what does work if you do get sales. So, you know, beginners, they're like, they think it's a money machine. You put in 10 bucks, you <laughs> should get 20 bucks. No, you know, you put in, the way it works is you put in 100 hours, right? And maybe you put in some money as well. You get zero. But then the next 100 hours, maybe you make 20 bucks. Next 100 hours, maybe you make 100 bucks. Next 100 hours, and it goes uh, exponentially. But yeah. in the beginning, most people just can't stomach the emotion of I invested all my time, energy, or money, and I got no sales. Therefore, I quit. And they do that after like a month. You know, it's laughable. Like the business will just laugh at you because again, it's not about how many hours you put in. It's not about how much money you invested. Um, it's about how much value you give at the end of the day. They don't give a damn what you know, what you want or what you, you know, what you need. Um, so. That's it. You know, it's it's really being resourceful um, and then just knowing that, you know, you have to think strategically uh, about this game and you have to handle your emotion. Hey, if you're spending like 10 bucks a day on ad spend and you're not getting sales, you have to handle the emotion of, okay, okay, you know, I'm not getting sales now, but this is to put me in a position so that my business can grow and I can, I can iterate and I can improve um, and I can learn from this so that maybe I'll get sales, you know, the next month. Or the month after that. Yeah, I like that. I like that point a lot, especially the one about it's not a it's not a money machine. Like you see that all the time in the uh, Facebook spam. Invest two hundred, make two thousand in Bitcoin. It's not how <laughs> I wish that works. I know if, if, they, if that worked, I'd put all my money into that. But unfortunately, I, how does anyone fall for those scams? I was looking through some of them through our Facebook group. Like, come on, the the, the way they write them too. It's such it's the worst grammar. It's obviously not English. You know, first language. And then it's just like, who falls for yeah. for this? You know what I mean? Like, who falls for this stuff these days? It's it's terrible. We had one where they said you could earn $10 trillion.
trillion dollars. <laughs> oh, the trillion. Yeah, okay, yeah. that was different. I mean, most people say, hey, you can make $6,000 a day, completely passive, no skills, no investment up front. Just give me 10% of your profit. Bullshit. But like, yeah, the trillion yeah. dollar one, that one was insane. They, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, the, it's, the smartest one I, we actually saw was one where a guy was like, look, I made a dollar and 28 cents doing this. And it was like, hey, that, that's that reverse psychology. Exactly. When everyone's going big, go small. And when it goes left, go right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, getting sort of getting back with, with business, sort of the time we're in, like, do you have any specific advice? Would you do anything differently given like COVID-19, the quarantine, how the economy is right now? What do you do differently? Yeah, coronavirus obviously threw a wrench into everything. But, you know, what I have to say is I was talking to a close friend of mine and we were talking about the virus and its effect on business. And, you know, it made me just so grateful uh, because, you know, everything is closing down. Restaurants closing down, some of my favorite restaurants. And, uh, you know, people, let's say, you know, started working from home, right? And they started using things like Zoom and they had to learn how to do that. It's funny because we were already doing all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, working, um, you know, we have a digital business and, you know, uh, at times we work remotely and we uh, just we do a Zoom conference call. We do things over the Internet. We do emails. We use Slack. These are all digital tools um, for a digital business. And, you know, our business was already contactless. I mean, we have no clients. We have no uh, brick and mortar store or retail store. Uh, so we save money on office space, which is awesome. But also we just don't, you know, our business has already been online. And when the coronavirus hit and we were forced to work from home, nothing really changed. Yeah. So I just feel very lucky and very grateful. Like we, you know, we just got lucky. Um, we're lucky we built something digital. You know, that's the first thing I want to say is like, guys, digital businesses are very cheap in comparison to having a brick and mortar retail space. Yeah. If you want to get office space in somewhere like California, somewhere like San Diego, I mean, it's going to cost you thousands of dollars per month, like period. You know what I mean? And it's like with a business, with a, let's say affiliate marketing business where literally start up the website for less than a hundred bucks. And then all you have to pay monthly is basically that web hosting bill, which you already paid but then maybe some software maybe email marketing for like 19 bucks a month but it's like that's nothing compared to 2000 a month for a thousand square foot office space so you know build something digital that's the first thing i would say and start with like low risk opportunities to learn and grow your skills which ties in with building a digital business like with affiliate marketing it's low risk if you try it and you totally fail and you quit after a month you're only out like a hundred bucks, right? If you try other businesses and it fails, let's say you try and make a bakery and you spend $2,000 a month for your commercial kitchen office space or retail space, and it turns out people don't want to buy your cupcakes or at least not enough to pay the bills. Yeah. And you can't just quit that business. Like you're locked <laughs> into a contract for at least 12 months, if not more. And there's no other way. Your, your costs every month, they're rising and they're, they're consistent every single month. It's that office space. It's the ingredients. It's the employees. You know, it's, it's all of that. So, you know, I, I think the best way to do things is experiment right now. We're in a weird time. It's time to start some weird stuff and just, you know, try things online. Try things in terms of make your first website. Or maybe, you know, you try freelancing on something like Fiverr, 
Uh, you know, there's so many things you can try that you've never tried before, and you're kind of forced to because we're working from home, and then, you know, things are not as they were before. And so now is the time to try stuff uh, that's different. But at the end of the day, if you try mo anything digital, it's not going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah, it may, you know, cost some time and energy, but hey, we all have that. We all waste that throughout the day. So why don't you do it producing something that may be of value rather than just watching another YouTube video or another binge watch another show you've already seen three times already, you know, try something new because then that'll give you a new result, you know? And I think that also dispels a big like myth about business is that it's super expensive. Like that these other investments are like safe. Like we kind of have some weird attitudes that like, Real estate's always safe for like invest in stocks. You can't go wrong. And it's like now more than ever, you can see like those can't go very wrong. And a business doesn't have to be expensive. You know, you're not launching a restaurant. It's not like a Squarespace commercial where, hey, you just built your little like you said, like a bakery. Um, <laughs> you can start cheap and you don't have the risk of some other investments. Yeah. I think that was a Hyundai commercial. I think the, the, the restaurant one. Oh, yeah. Is it or Mazda. Mazda. Or Mazda. Yeah. It was Mazda. Oh, God. Just... Yeah. That was a Mazda commercial. But yeah. I mean, people think of business in a very like simple way of, you know, they think about brick and mortar. They think about retail space. They think about building like a gym or something. And, you know, we live in a time where if you guys look historically the last five decades and you look at what are the most valuable companies in the world, they're all tech companies. And why? Mm. Because tech is the most profitable space to be in. Not only is it straight up just necessary to have these softwares and social media and social networks and this and that but it also just is the low it's it's the most efficient type of business where it doesn't it's not super capital intensive um it's very profitable so like software you know you don't have to pay a lot to offer the same software between 10 people and then 10,000 people maybe just extra server costs to handle the bandwidth but it's like that's a marginal cost compared to if you want to open another franchise location. If you want to open another restaurant or another franchise location, you have to pay an additional tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, even just to open up a fast food franchise, you're looking at around a million dollars when it's all said and done. And, yeah. you know, most people who have worked um, and owned a franchise will tell you it's not passive income. Like you have to work in your business. Like you literally have to run the the restaurant like it was your own. And you frequently the bosses of restaurants, they end up working more than the employees because yeah. at the end of the day, it's your investments, your nest egg, you know, and you know that those fixed costs every single month, you know, they, they only get worse as time goes on. So you always have to play catch up every single month. Razors, razor thin margins. Um, it's always a cash flow, you know, problem. Franchise, franchises are a nightmare. It's like Subway because sometimes like the overall organizations like working against you, like Subway was making money selling franchises, not selling sandwiches. And the yeah. franchise owners were just getting screwed. Yeah, because you think as a franchise owner, oh, the company is in my favor. They're not going to let any other franchisees open up, let's say, in 
you know, a block near me and then end up having four franchises in, you know, the same like one mile radius. So it's like, yeah, you think like, oh, I'm going to have this territory, but then, you know, money talks and it's a different, it's a different game. So, I mean, there's so many headaches that come with physical business. Not, not to say that, Hey, if you want to start one, go ahead. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying that if I had to choose, I would start with a hundred dollar startup, which is the website, and see what that turns into. Because a website can easily turn into, you know, a seven, eight, nine figure business and beyond. I don't know too much about a restaurant if it can really scale up to those proportions without having extreme um, sort of whether you have franchising, whether you're you have thousands of locations. Uh, you know, there's a lot that goes on, and then if something happens, like let's say coronavirus then a lot goes out the window. So, you know, um, online businesses, digital businesses are a lot more resilient because there's not a lot that can affect them, you know, the same as a physical business where it relies on, you know, uh, basically a lot of, let's say, foot traffic. If you're a retail space, you need a lot of people walking by your store to even discover you. Um, Whereas with digital, I mean, the only thing you're paying for is essentially ad spend, you know, advertising, awareness but some people don't even spend on ads they have successful websites with millions of traffic per month just from organic content through plain old vanilla seo through youtube videos that's it so you know push comes to shove i'd rather go digital any day of the week it has the most opportunity to scale because you know if your website can serve 10 people it can serve you know 10,000, 10 million people and that's beautiful to me you know one dinky little website that you make let's say even in your college dorm can end up serving hundreds of thousands of people and giving value to people and nobody even has to know you know if you build a brand and i'm big on you know creating a real brand that's separate from your personal brand that way the website can stand on its own and one day you can even sell the website and it's not tied to your personal brand and I think the other nice thing about digital stuff is that there are no gatekeepers. Like if you want to go to finance or something like that, there are a lot of gatekeepers, whether it's a lot of certifications or a degree or something like that. In the tech and digital space, you don't need any of that. You can literally mm-hmm. just start. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one to say no to you. Like if you want to build that website and you want to get a million visitors a month, no one is stopping you but you. You literally just either have to sp- uh, get the SEO right, make the awesome content or pay for the ads or a combination of all three and it's going to happen now no one you know no one tells you what to do and it's all up to you so that's the cool thing about business is you can go as far as you want it's all up to like how much you want to invest into it and persist with it whereas you know you're limited with with other things um through some sort of you know there's some sort of obstacle uh you know whether it's physical limitation financial limitation with you know a digital business it's it's really just up to you. The last thing I think I want to talk about, we can give like a little preview of next week, is sort of one of the biggest myths um, I think we constantly see is that people being like, oh, I can never be successful in online business. That's only for people with a huge social media following. Um, so we're going to go super in-depth on that next week, but just quick thoughts on on that. Yeah, that's probably the one of the biggest misconceptions that people have is that you need this social media following. Look, I get it. You see my YouTube channel, you see like quarter million subscribers, etc., and you're thinking, "Okay, the only way this works is if you you have a social media platform or you're an influencer," which I just even hate the word. And it's like, "Okay, well, think about this. Did was I born with 
250,000 followers or subscribers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when I started and my most successful affiliate businesses, you won't even know who's behind it. You won't even know it's me because I build these businesses in a way that they stand on their own as a brand because brands are so much more powerful than people. Like brands, Apple, Nike, right? Tesla, like these are brands, right? They're not just one person. Obviously, you can say Steve Jobs with Apple, Elon Musk with Tesla, et cetera. But it's like, at the end of the day, the brand is bigger than just any one person. And that's what you need to approach business with is when you build a website, don't just think like, oh, I'm making this dinky little blog, blah, blah, blah. Think worldwide. Why not? You know, it's some people are going to be like, you know, they're going to be... Um, kind of skeptical of this and be like, uh, but you'll never turn into, you know, a Nike or an Apple or Tesla. Who knows? There's no rules. There's literally no one to say, you know, you can't do that. So you might as well start thinking global from day one. Why would you limit yourself and be like, I'm just making this little blog. I'm not going to care about branding or whatever. I'm just going to do, you know, I'm just going to come up with the first thing I think of. But like when you think really globally and you think just big, right, then you start to you start to create things that um, are catchy. You start to create brands that really stand, um, maybe stand the test of time. And they can last for years, if not decades, and they can stand alone. They're not tied with you. So when people say, you know, you need a following this and that, you're, you're, you're watching too much YouTube. You're watching too much YouTube and Instagram where you think that you have to be famous to be successful or vice versa. At the end of the day, you can literally be anonymous and you can be extremely financially successful and you can be you can give tons of value you don't need to be a person like a influencer i should say to give value if you give value you get paid simple as that so i got into affiliate marketing because it did not require following because it didn't require you to be famous all i had to do was build a brand a website that i was basically like the puppet master behind and then i can make amazing content but i didn't have to talk about myself who cares no one cares about you or me no one cares. They care about this pair of headphones I'm reviewing because they're thinking about buying and spending $300. That's what they care about. They don't give a damn what I look like. Let's be honest here, right? And I'm good. I'm glad because I don't want you to care what I look like because then it would suck to have a business where you always had to get dressed up and do your hair and makeup just to get in front of a camera every single week. Like, you know, that's, that's why I don't make videos every week because I don't really, you know, I don't love having to like do the dress up. I love giving value. But I don't love having to like look, you know, the part or anything like that. So, you know, that's a misconception. People think you need to be an influencer. No, you're, you, you're watching too much YouTube. You think that because of all the stuff that you're consuming every day, which is social media, but in the real world, think about it. The biggest companies in the world, are they influencers? No, they're, they're tech companies. They're, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're literally products and services that give value to companies, enterprise businesses, individuals, small businesses. Like they're things that people have created that give value. And it's not about how many followers or views or subscribers you have. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, just such a great point. Because I think more than anything, like you might as well just get started. It's, it's so easy and you have nothing to lose like Odie said it's super low low startup costs and then you're doing something like once you have that thing that you're doing you're already you're ahead of the game mm, yeah 
Yeah. Most people just don't get started. They just, they overthink, they look at the, they think these things like, oh, I need a million followers or whatever. They think like, oh, there's too much competition or, you know, oh, I could never do that. But it's like, hey, you know, it starts off today. It starts small. You start with your website or your brand, right? Maybe you get a little logo done and then you never know because that little thing, maybe you start getting a hundred visitors a month. And those 100 people is enough to keep you going. And maybe they leave a little comment. They're like, hey, I love what you're doing. I love your website. I love your content. And then you're like, okay, well, this makes me feel good. Let me make another one. And then it just grows from there. There's so many stories of things that start out so unprofessional and so kind of like, you know, ugly. And then they ended up growing to these giant companies because they just didn't stop. They just persisted and they just kept going. And Steve Jobs said that half of the battle really is just those who are persistent like stubbornly persistent, they never quit. That's it. It's just be perseverance, you know, just getting through what you need to get through. And everyone's going to have the low points of, oh my God, I launched my blog or my website or I released a video. I got no views. Yeah, that's going to happen in the beginning. But as time goes on, you're going to start to rack up more and more views. And before you know it, you got thousands of people watching you, right? And, and it's all free. All you have to do is record, upload, edit, and then publish to YouTube and boom, thousands of people you're connecting with every single time you hit that blue button to publish a video. So that's it. It's, it's like poker. You might not start with pocket aces. You might start with a four seven, but who knows? There are two sevens down on the flop and now you're in business. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's, it's the hand you're dealt, right? We weren't all dealt pocket aces or amazingly strong hands. Let's be honest, you know, some some of us were dealt very poor hands and there's nothing you can do about that. But what you can do is how you play it, right? And who knows if on the flop or on the river, you know, you get those cards that match up and you play your cards right. You know, sometimes you might even have to bluff um, to get to win the pot. But at the end of the day, you know, we can't change the cards we're dealt, but we can, you know, figure out how we're going to play them. So that's the game right there. That's the game for everyone. You know, not everyone is born into money. Um, and so for those of us who aren't, we got to find our way, you know, we weren't just handed this. So we got to get crafty about this. We got to, you know, find those low resource businesses that we can just start up with not having thousands of dollars and tens of thousands of dollars of capital. Um, and that's what led me to affiliate marketing. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of building a digital business that doesn't cost a lot of money because that doesn't mean that it can't grow huge it can but it's like you know people have the misconception of thinking the old way of business brick and mortar retail stores right like everything's online and coronavirus it actually collapsed a, what would have been like a three-year timeline into like three months because now you have to buy things through e-commerce and through yeah. online uh so yeah I think uh, I think speaking of getting value, I feel like we gave a lot of value to people this week. So if you did, if you thought that, uh, you should definitely go ahead, give us a five-star review, leave written feedback. We love reading it. Uh, ask us your questions. We're excited. Next week, we're going to be going even more in depth on the how to do it with no following. So if you, are, if you have some questions about that, leave a review um, with your question in it. Yeah, guys, honestly, no sponsor here. The only sponsor is our own businesses and our own websites like dollar.co. If you want to save money on your next car, visit dollar. And so, you know, uh, at the end of the day, 
your thank yous, your reviews. Uh, we read every single one. It means the world to us. So thank you guys so much who's who've left a positive review, who's even dropped a five stars. Um, like thank you guys so much, and I can't wait to read uh, your reviews and your questions um, coming for the next episodes. I think that's it. So thanks for uh, listening to us, and uh, we're out. <laughs>